Welcome to Audible Interlude, a G.I. Joe podcast. I am your host, Dave West, codename Phantom Troublemaker. And I am your co-host, Noel Wood, codename Crapshoot. And I am your Cobra intern that caused a four-mile backup on I-4 in Orlando, codename <laughs> Legion Cub. Not not a popular fellow right now, then. <laughs> uh Please follow us on Instagram at Audible Interlude Podcast and Twitter at G.I. Joe Audible. Let us know what you think of the show. Let us know uh, what you'd like to hear us talk about. Uh, if there's a convention you think we'd be cool to do a presentation at, let us know and we'll see if we can take time out of our busy schedules of both protecting the world and, I guess, terrorizing the world uh, to come and do a little panel there. We did one at Dragon Con and had a blast and you can find that it was our September 2021 episode. We posted that as part of the stream. So go check that out wherever you found this episode. We got a lot to talk about this month. Uh, we did a special episode covering PulseCon. Uh, you can check that out in our stream. And we've got a lot of news to cover, but we're getting back to segments. We, we've been, I think for a few months now, we've been trying to get our segments in like we were at first and there's always just so much news nothing's different this month but we don't have a review this month so we're getting straight into things needless things youtube channel in the coming week i will be reviewing master of disguise zartan with his little spinning wheel of faces i realize this is great for the listeners but but noel and christian can see it so they know what i'm doing here uh, Gabriel Barbecue Kelly and the most exciting uh, most requested character in G.I. Joe Classified the one that everybody couldn't wait to get their hands on that's right it's Akiko because everybody wanted I actually Akiko. have now, not I, seen her on the shelves uh, I got her from Target, which you can tell from the gigantic Target sticker on the bottom of the box <laughs> there. I'm glad I'm not a mint and box collector. Uh, yeah, Target had her on sale for $17.99, and she just happened to be in stock. So I ordered her and canceled my Hasbro Pulse pre-order. And, and I say, you know, obviously she's not particularly sought after, but I thought she was awesome in the movie and appears to be a great-looking figure. But if you want the whole story, you got to tune in to the needless things youtube channel where we review all kinds of different toys but uh gi joe included in that and if i if i can get my hands on a movie scarlet before thursday i'll post that one as well but i'm having a little trouble finding one of those we'll see yeah it's I'm really not... odd that the oh. snake eyes storm shadow and the baroness have been so readily available at retail but i haven't seen an akiko or a scarlet yet and i thought they were all in one wave no they're technically akiko and scarlet or a second wave ah, uh, that that was slated to come out in December, but they're hitting now. I just haven't found a Scarlet yet. And I, and I haven't seen either of them in the wild yet, but yeah, it's, uh, the others are plentiful. And, and I will say for the listeners, uh, if, if you've passed up the snake eyes or the storm shadow, I think they're fantastic figure. Well, and the Baroness, I think they're all fantastic figures. Whatever you think of the movie, they they put the work in to make those figures cool, in my personal opinion. Uh, let's see. Uh, I'm going to throw this out there. I didn't put this in the notes for you guys. It's something interesting that I came across today. 
Uh, one of my favorite websites is galactichunter.com. It is uh, run by Adam Paulus. He does mostly Star Wars toys, and he's actually been a guest on the Needless Things podcast. Uh, but he does really all kinds of toy reviews and, and toy news. But galactichunter.com is his Star Wars focused site. And he had a note on there today uh, that I read that 80s, this, this is a thing of legend, is how he referred to it. In the 80s, G.I. Joe figure packaging costs more than the actual figures to produce. That I, I had never heard that before. Have you guys heard this? I had not, but it's not surprising considering how much work went into the artwork and um, you know the just the general design of the packaging is it it was it was a little above and beyond what most other stuff was doing at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll agree with that because you had the file cards which were definitely a step above anything else that was being done. Like typically I think like Eagle force might've had like the character name where they were from their specialty or something along those lines. I'm not even sure if they had that, but the, the Joe file cards were above and beyond. The artwork was gorgeous. The, the sturdiness of them also, like if you compare the blisters like the materials, the blisters and the card back of the G.I. Joe figures from the 80s, uh, I think it's as sturdy as anything that was on the market. And you don't, or at least in my personal experience, I've seen a lot of vintage Joe figures where that bubble is still securely on the card back. Whereas even with like Star Wars and stuff, so often you see one that's like about to come off or is yellowed or just looks terrible. Whereas it seems like the Joe packaging, if it's, you know, taken care of, if it's not stuck in a shop window for 20 years, um, tends to be pretty, pretty stable. Well, so something, because I, I don't know if this would be a good segue, um, but something I thought about because Noel sent a link um, to a page on 3D Joe's where somebody found and forgive me if I'm getting this wrong but um, somebody found like a bunch of the old photographs that they they used as models for the the characters right for whenever they were doing like the paintings and stuff and something I recently found out um, you know Hasbro also made the gem dolls which also had painted packaging and those of us in the community recently learned that Hasbro actually hired a seamstress to make the doll outfits for their model, would wear them so that the painter could get the idea of what it's supposed to look like on a human body. And then those outfits just got trashed. So it 100% to me would make sense that it costs more, but it also has me wondering, did they do rough mock-ups of G.I. Joe costumes for their models wow and and how would you know would i would i would love to find that out again not that hasbro saved any of them uh because the lady said like they got immediately you know tossed um but it's kind of an interesting thought that they were making you know a cobra commander 
outfit right, right. to slap on somebody. I, w- I would love just to for the find package. that out. But I, f- I feel like if they had been doing that, we probably would have heard about it by now. You'd think. I mean, we only just found out about this, like I said, this year. So, huh? Wow, that's interesting. That what a what a cool thing that could potentially be. I would, uh, I would even love to see some behind the scenes stuff from, like, I think it was the '90s where they had the. Uh, I'm sending you guys a picture. I, I want to get your reactions to this. So the live action commercials. Yes. Yes. Um, I, would, I would love to see. Well, I sent I sent you guys a different file though. In the chat, there was a panel at the was it the final Joe Con uh, in Chattanooga uh, with uh, uh, Carson from 3D Joe's and Kirk Bazigian, where they actually did a whole behind the scenes on those live action commercials, and it's fascinating oh, wow. if you get to go back and if you and I want to say I'd mentioned it before on this podcast some months uh, ago. Yeah, I think so. That sounds familiar because we we've talked about those commercials before and how phenomenal they are. We, we had a little... Oh, it won't? Oh, it no. won't open. Okay. We'll, we'll share that later. I got a little screenshot of Noel as his computer froze. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, just an interesting thought that, that the packaging was costing more than the figures back then. And, and the whole uh, Galactic Hunter is great because Adam Paulus works for Entertainment Earth, so he has a unique perspective on the toy business, and he's been writing about Star Wars toys since the 90s. Yeah, his uh, Star Wars a day is yes. phenomenal. Uh, it, it's, it's a great site. Lots of great information if you're just interested about the toy business in general. He's got really good perspectives. So uh, I thought that was worth just throwing out there. Uh, and again, hit us up uh, on Twitter at G.I. Joe Audible if you've got any input. Uh, about that or have you heard anything along those lines uh so our PulseCon special like i said it went up uh right at the end of october there and there was a lot of great stuff i, I think the biggest thing that we learned is that it seems like the gi joe team at hasbro is reinvigorated excited about the brand and really has the power of hasbro behind them right now uh, do we have any sort of thoughts now that we've had a week to simmer? Because we recorded that, what, the day after the panel? Now that we've had over a week to sort of yeah. reflect on that, any, any thoughts beyond what we discussed? I mean, other than the new wrong. additions that we got after that, um, since we did get even more news post-panel, but... Uh, Well, we got, uh, well, yeah, we've actually got a good bit directly related to that. So they had the PulseCon panel, which was great. But then on 1027, uh, and it's because the Hasbro offices are located on 1027, whatever street they're on. Uh, so on October 27th, they had another sort of additional panel, and it was all Emily this time, who is just awesome. She's great. She's great. And she is now going into the his tank forums and interacting with people. It's wild. Uh, she specifically went in there to address the bat and the alley viper 
uh, being 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 available on Walmart.com, and explained that it's basically they don't know who's getting them and when, and it's going to be up to each individual retailer as to how they want to distribute them. So some retailers may do pre-orders, some may get them and just put them up for sale. They may show up on shelves. They're just through the throughout the end of the year, bats and alley vipers are just going to be popping up wherever they pop up. And then next year will be showing up everywhere in mass quantities. Uh, if you're not a member of the His Tank forums, I highly recommend it. It's it's uh, remember the ignore feature, but it's uh, very very informative, and people are really on top of their information there. And for the most part enthusiastic and and wonderful joe fans that's why when you when you mentioned that she was posting on the his tank forums i was like she is very she's a very very brave person (laughs) she i i I get the feeling she knows what she's getting into um she she's more and more striking me as a very very smart person who knows exactly what she's doing so she's great but she uh did the 1027 panel to show us the alley viper and the third mystery figure that we talked about from the spirit and storm shadow assortment uh the cobra officer which went up for pre-order that day um i think everywhere it's not an exclusive anywhere i think it went up on amazon big bad wherever and you could very easily orderable uh i ordered I did my usual thing where I ordered from Pulse, Amazon, and Big Bad, and whoever gets it to me first is the winner of my money. <laughs> uh, but the it's... that Alley Viper, look, the without context, the Alley Viper is the epitome of why I got out of Joe. The bright blue and orange. Uh, but now, at this point in my life, where I like things to be fun, I don't need everything to be, I don't, I don't know. I, Joe had been bright and colorful before that, but that alley Viper really is quite the departure. Yes. I love it though. How do you guys feel about this classified alley Viper? I like it in the sense that, you know, they did a very, a very faithful update of the original. I don't know if I'll buy it only because it doesn't really fit the aesthetic of what I'm, collecting with the classified stuff um but uh you know who knows if i see it at retail it might be an impulse buy well from from everything that has been said you will see it at retail (laughs) what if they had done like different colors like a red and a gray or or something a little more subdued would would that have been more appealing to you there was there was an alley viper v2 um and so they may do a recolor uh in those more subdued colors it Again, what I'm collecting is kind of like this nostalgia to kind of recreate figures as I had right. as a kid. Um, so even if they do it in those colors, I'm I don't know if I'll necessarily pick it up. Said so I'm getting the, I got you know I got the officers ordered. I, um, you know I'll get those bats when they're available to purchase. Um, Alley Viper is you know it's a maybe for me. Well, and, and if I'm remembering, well I know they did a few different variations on the Alley Viper in the modern era stuff like the 25th anniversary maybe 50th anniversary because I've, I've got a couple on the shelves behind me uh but i th- i think he might have even made his way into the 
like the early 2000s stuff uh with with different colors mm-hmm. christian what about you how did this guy strike you we knew it was coming like right because he's been on the website um but well the I, website means nothing uh, right <laughs> wink wink um but i i i really like that he is faithful to the g1 i totally get what noel is saying um now that i finally broke that seal and have been um getting classified figures uh those early ones be- have a hint of their g1 but it's very modern looking um so if you thought the red and orange stuck out on the battlefield it's going to stick out even more on your shelf if i see it in the wild then i'll determine whether i'm going to get it but right now i i'd rather get two bats than a bat in an alley viper i i definitely want it because of how garish and eye-catching it is and i think when people see it in the wild, even if they're maybe opposed to the brighter colors, I think it's going to be such an eye-catching thing on the pegs that it's going to be hard to resist, especially once people see like all of that classified detail and everything right. up, up close and personal. Because honestly, that's that's how I feel about Flint. Like Flint was a figure in the original line and even the cartoon, as much as I love Lady J. Flint was never a favorite. It wasn't a figure that I ever, oh, I need to own. And when I saw the detail on the sculpting on his face for the classifieds, I was like, oh, yeah. It, it's a seeing, I have to have this. Seeing classified series figures in person versus seeing them on a screen is a completely different experience. Yep. Because the the detail, the scale, the paint, everything about them is just something that can't be conveyed until you have it in your hand. Uh, all right. So, oh, one one last thing about those reveals. Uh, having seen that new Storm Shadow body, what do you guys think odds are that we get a new Red Ninja based on that body? Uh, maybe even several different ninjas based on that body. Two packs. Yeah. Ninja Viper and Toothpaste Blue, like yeah. Oh, I hope. I, I thought our Halloween episode was over with. So why are you trying to scare me? Like this? <laughs> I would love if they would just straight up do. Uh, you know how Hasbro Pulse has the troop builders from Marvel Legends, uh, like the Hydra guys and the AIM guys. I would love it if they would just sell like a bare bones Red Ninja for fifteen bucks. I think that would be great. No need to clog the pegs at retail. Uh, just put it up on Pulse and let people buy it if they want to buy it. Uh, but with that body, why not? Why wouldn't you do that? Do a couple of different heads with various you know, expressions or whatever so you can really troop build. But uh, I'd love to see that. All right, moving on. I have opinions. I think things. And when I state opinions or I think things that are wrong, I am man enough to come back and admit it. I was wrong about O-rings for the lifespan of this show and before I have insisted that O-rings would be too expensive for a toy company to produce uh, or for Hasbro to produce. Cause obviously lots of other companies are getting into the O-ring business now. Uh, 
I just didn't think it was something that Hasbro would pursue. I, I thought it would be too expensive for them. Uh, and I was wrong. Obviously we know that now we, we covered it on the, the special episode, but I just wanted to, to stand up and say, yes, I remember saying that. And yes, I was wrong. And you're good enough to be, be humble about it. That's right. I, and that look, and I'm thrilled to be wrong because <laughs> I, I didn't think that it was something that I would be super duper excited about because I've got my modern collection. I've got my vintage collection. I've got my classified. I, I've, I just didn't feel like O-ring new O-rings were something that I, I really get jazzed about, but the way that they're presenting the sky striker, it really does make it exciting because we've got storm shadow and snake eyes, you know, tried and true classic style O-rings on the way. We've got the Sky Striker update with, with you know, a, again, Ace, just an updated version of that original. But then what's really exciting about it is those stretch goal figures that we're seeing, the Night Force Ripcord, the Pilot Scarlet, the Pit Crew. That's what really gets my motor running with this new O-ring is that, yes, we can get better, more durable versions of the classic characters we love, but clearly Hasbro also has the intent to expand beyond just those original characters or original figures. And that's something that we've talked about since day one of the show is how much we want to see those supporting characters that never got their day in the sun. We've got a segment about it that we do not every episode, but, but frequently you know, missing in action, we talk about those characters. And Hasbro is showing that they're willing to go outside of the box and they're not just going to reissue all the Joes, that there's potential for a lot of exciting stuff. Uh, somebody brought up, uh, again, to go back to the His Tank forums, uh, somebody brought up the possibility of doing a HasLab for those big Cobra robots or, or all kinds of other, you know, really interesting larger scale things that we wanted when we were kids and we never got. And so the, the potential of this revival in that format is, is very exciting to me. Just so I'm happy I was snake, wrong. That big Cobra head jet that Cobra flew around with. Yes, the, the, the Cobra helicarrier or whatever the heck it was, which that, granted, that, that's, that seems a little big. Yeah, but I don't... I, I, you know they can they can scale it down a little bit. I've just been dying for one of those for almost forty years. Oh, oh I would I think it would be a a massive hit. It would ha I it would have to be at least as big as the sail barge. So we're talking potentially more than five hundred dollars because the sail barge was what three years ago now. I think two thousand eighteen or was it nineteen? I don't remember. Uh, but two or three years ago, so already there's been inflation you know, since then, but I mean, I, I'd, I'd pay it because it's from Hasbro. It's official. And it's like you said, something that we've all wanted since we were kids sitting in front of the TV, watching the Sunbow cartoon. <laughs> Christian, is there anything that, that O-ring, I know you're not as enthused, but are there any fantasy items that you're just like, ooh, it would be neat if they did this to go with that vintage style? Well, right now my brain is stuck on the Cobra 
helicarrier with you guys talking about it because I'm sitting here <laughs> thinking, man, if you made it a Hasbro Pulse item and you knew you were going after the adult collector, just make it a drone so we can actually fly it. Just slap a shell around it. I'll gladly pay four or $500 if I can recreate the crashing. As far as, far as you know, let's see how the Sky Striker does. Um, I'm a, I'm a boat and, and frozen tundra Joe guy. So Give me, you know, I, we're not going to get the flag, but if we can get some kind of big ship. Here's, here's one I came up with earlier Another today. whale, maybe? I would, I, to me, well, okay. So right now I wanted to check in on the Sky Striker. Uh, it is November 4th as we're recording this. And the Sky Striker is sitting at 4,951 backers. So we're almost halfway there with 33 days left to go. That is on par, if not ahead of most Pulse campaigns, or most HasLab campaigns. I really, really want all the stretch goals, but I think in the last week, if it hits that 10,000 in the last week, it's easily going to hit the stretch goals, is is my prediction. We'll see. We'll see if I'm back uh, in uh, January. Once again, talking about how I'm wrong, uh, but I do definitely think we're going to hit that target. Like it's going to get funded. Uh, it's just a matter of getting those stretch goals. But I think once once everybody knows it's funded, you're going to get people with FOMO. You're going to get the you know all the retailers are going to go in on their big orders. I, I think we'll get there. I hope we'll get there. But I think the obvious next one has has kind of got to be a rattler. Because I feel like you have to have something to go against the Sky Striker, and the Rattler is just so iconic. Mm-hmm. It's but, a mold they've used so many times, so they don't have to do as much tooling with it. Well, no, the, I mean Sky Striker is the same way, but this is a hundred percent new tooling, and I yeah. feel like they would do the same thing for the Rattler to make it worthwhile. Uh, I, I, it'll be interesting to see. I agree that the whale w- would like if it was just me personally like magically waving my hand and saying, this is the next HasLab, it would be the whale. Uh, because that's one that I think is desperately needed. We've we've never gotten a modern reissue of any kind. The last, Mm-mm. I think 2005, they did a mail order whale maybe. And I think that was the last one. I could be wrong about that. And I would admit it if I were. Uh, the one I threw out earlier today, I want... A giant amoeba with airtight and two eels and that hypodermic needle-looking ship. <laughs> I would love that. That would be awesome. All right. Let's see here. Uh, next note I've got is just target exclusive classified code names leaked. Now, this was prior to the 1027 panel, so we already know that Hyperion, Dion, and Rhea are most likely the Python Patrol and Tiger Force, because it was three three figures were revealed. Three three clo- uh, code names were leaked. You know, I don't know that those line up, but it seems like it does. Did you guys get an opportunity to go check out Eagle Force Returns 
In in Joe adjacent news, which we do cover here on Audible Interlude, did you guys get a chance to go take a look at these on Big Bad Toy Store? Dude, pun totally intended. It has returned in force. Right? Like how many figures? It's insane. And here here is my confession. These figures, for my personal sense of value are far past the higher end of what I'm willing to spend on a three and three quarter inch figure. $26.99. Yeah, tw- 27 bucks for a four inch figure is outrageous. Yeah. However, I have pre-ordered at least a dozen of these things, possibly wow. more because I cannot resist. I love the gold ones. Yeah. I think they look so awesome. And thinking about having that squad of gold soldiers on my shelf is so exciting. But then you start looking at the rest of them and you've got, oh, well, look at these guys that come with werewolf heads. Right. That's the first one that got me. And (laughs) that you can mix and match parts to get. And I don't I'll tell you guys right now. I don't know Jack about Action Force, about Red Shadows, about. Any other than just looking at stuff on the internet, like I don't have personal historical knowledge of those things, but I know that you can mix and match the parts of these, uh, what are they? Iron moon. I think they're calling them count iron moon and the crimson moon legionnaire and create the red shadows figures that look awesome. And then recently they put up this, uh, Gorgils, which is modeled after the the five points of articulation Kraken figure from Action Force, uh, which is a sea creature and creature from the Black Lagoon, my favorite monster of all time. And this is basically him in like a little swimsuit, which is bizarre and wonderful. Uh, I'm not. You've got your not Jack Burton figure, and you've got your not Charlie Brown figure. And you're, you're not, not Mario, Mario Brothers. Mario and Luigi. <laughs> um, you're not John Wick. You're potentially not Bruce Campbell. I'm trying to figure out who Deck is it Declan Van Helsing? Declan? How do you say that name? Declan. I, I Declan. Declan. Uh, uh, a Bruce Campbell-ish head, but also sort of a Vince McMahon head. Honestly, I'm going more Vince McMahon on this one. Uh, Lots of pop culture tribute figures. Uh, But like I said, the gold guys are the ones that I just absolutely love. They've got a Danny Trejo. um, Who else was in here that I recognized? Oh, uh, Jackie Chan. But then beyond that, they've got this uh, Faces the guy in the military uniform that comes with basically the snake eyes heads. It's got the, uh, the bandaged head and the scarred head. Um, General Brown, who is general, basically general Hollingsworth, like just so many pastiche tribute type things and and i haven't ordered all of those like i said i went i've gone mostly in on the gold guys 
Uh, I ordered the Jack Burton, the Gorgills. <laughs> I, I just, it's ridiculous because they're 27 freaking dollars. But yeah, but they're <laughs> just so darn appealing to me. The, the aesthetics. And like I said, I've got the Larry Hama figure that was done by the same people and it's fantastic aesthetically. So I've, I've gone in on these guys. Well, look, looking at them, money aside, what what do you guys see that that sort of tempts you or or makes you makes you Eagle Force curious? I mentioned it before. I like the I like the aesthetic of the gold soldiers. It it does remind me a lot of the first year of GI Joe, where you have guys that are mainly kind of in somewhat matching uniforms, but they yeah. all have their own specialized roles. So that would be the most appealing thing for me. Um, I think some of the little pastiche characters are kind of clever and fun, but th- that's nothing that really interests me. Money aside, <clears throat> for me, it's the the creativity of some of the the figures like okay so you have the werewolf guy which is awesome baron von chill looks like something out of like a 1950s kind of sci-fi yes um it's like rocket man meets shining knight he's he's very pulpy yeah and then um the forgotten king which is like this dude in a three-piece suit with like this Egyptian mask, like your Joes would have such great villains. Yeah, the villains that they've they've produced here are very unique and different. They're I like that they're going with like some monsters and weird creatures and odd looks that you know you wouldn't necessarily see anywhere else. Yeah, and I won a couple of the. They have one called Harley, and he's literally yes. just a biker dude with like a yes. big gray beard, the big looks- of the sunglasses. Like he would, you get a few of those to throw in the back of your bar diorama for the he- figures fighting, and and so cool. He looks Harley like looks like old Macho, macho Man. man. Yes. Oh, Jinx! Yes, <laughs> <laughs> exactly what I was thinking. I was like, oh, it looks like Macho Man when he was, you know. In his later years, he he totally he does, and I peace. I wonder if that's intentional because he's he's built the the beard, the bandana, the sunglasses. Like it, it really it is exactly what Macho looked like in his later years. That's a good call. And then yeah, the Forgotten King looks like it's some kind of Doctor Who villain or something. Yeah, it's a much better description. Just, just really <laughs> awesome stuff, and all of the the gold uniform ones, uh, they all have their own looks. But I, I am a, I love matching uniforms. I guess like I want wrestling tag teams. I want their gear to be coordinated. Factions. I want their gear to be coordinated. I love that kind of stuff. We and... even have a Doctor Manhattan in this line. I just noticed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if he wore clothes. What? Uh, chill shot. Oh, yes, Doctor Manhattan right. with with a black shirt on. Well, and then check this one out. Okay, scroll down a couple from Chill Shot and the hidden. 
click on the hidden, look at that face, and tell me that's not Sam Neill. The hidden. I don't see him. He's uh, red with a silver head. Oh, okay. Yes, I see. Yeah, he does look very Sam Neill-esque. And, and evil, creepy, Event Horizon Sam Neill is the best Sam Neill, <laughs> despite like what Jurassic a- Park fans <laughs> would claim. So I, I love this guy, too. I, just so much awesome, fun stuff here. He looks and, translucent. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's based on something. Like, there were figure. Is it Micronauts that look like that? Yes, yeah, that's exactly what he's mm-hmm. based okay. off of. Okay. So yeah, that, and, and yeah. that's just it's just fun, man. And this is okay. So a few years ago, uh, with the excuse of buying them with and for my son, I got into collecting Imaginex figures because they were doing this same kind of stuff. They would have the blind bag figures, and they would have like the dog catcher and the fireman and the space guy. But then they would throw in, um, like, a creature from the Black Lagoon, or a uh, like a, not the Micronauts Adventure People. Mm. Do you remember the Five Points of Articulation? Yes. The Fisher yes. Press. They threw in one of those translucent Adventure People. Uh, just all kinds of weird stuff started showing up in that line, and you could tell they did one that was basically. Uh, What's his name from Breaking Bad? Walter White? Yes. He was in a hazmat suit. (laughs) And you take the little hood off. Wait a minute. I might have him right here. Hang on. This is is great for the listeners right now. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) No, he's in a a different bag of stuff. He's in a hazmat suit. He's the one who's knocking somewhere. And uh, you take his little hood off, and he's got the glasses and the goatee and the bald head underneath. It, I mean, it's totally Walter White, <laughs> but it's a figure for toddlers. Heisenberg for toddlers. Yes. Uh, they, all kinds of really cool stuff like that uh, in that line. And so that really, that gets me, like, when, when a company does stuff like that. And that's this Eagle Force is exactly the kind of stuff they're doing. So. I guess my consideration is that between the gimmickry, the quality of the figures, and the fact that it is uh, an independent company, putting all of that together, I'm I'm talking myself into, yes, I'm going to get a bunch of these. So that's what's up but everybody listening i highly recommend uh you go to bigbadtoystore.com this is a special system that they're doing where it's crowdfunded by pre-orders they need a minimum of 500 orders for each of the figures and once they hit 500 they go into production and they're staggering them too that's an important note these are not all going to come out in september of next year and cost you like $2,000 in one shot, they're being staggered out through the, I think, third and fourth quarter of next year. So you'll get like five, six figures at a time. I just had to, uh, I have to throw in one more. I just noticed this one called Sandstorm. And I noticed there's one called Wild Bill. So I'm surprised that Hasbro is, you know, not Mm -hmm. quite yet on the litigious side I wonder about that. 
Well, because this one named Sandstorm is clearly an homage to V3 Dusty up to having the 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 um the beret worn backwards. Is he and one of the Sandstorm gold ones? was the name of the coyote that came. No, no, he's uh he's in like desert camo. Okay. And he's on, on... Oh, he's he's, toward, on, like, he's right page, at the bottom. Yeah, page three, if I Oh yeah, it. yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Sandstorm was the name of the the coyote that came with Dusty V3. So that's a definitely a clear homage. <laughs> and Sandstorm's a name that Hasbro likes to use a lot. Yeah, there's some Transformers yeah. named Sandstorm. Yep. They recycle that one quite a bit. So yeah, so, I just, yeah. I love I love the look of these and I encourage everyone listening to go check out bigbadtoystore.com. They're they're on the front page towards the bottom under pre-orders. Uh, and then you can also check out freshmonkeyfiction.com for progress on the figures where they're at. But I, I can't wait to get some of these in hand. All right. Moving along to another crowdfunded uh, item that I think blows everything else that has happened this year out of the water. Funded in 95 minutes. RoboSkull Mark II uh, being released by... Skeletron, which is a collective of artists and creators who have come together to, I mean, we've talked about it on the show before, but, but my gosh, this thing is gorgeous. I have it backed for just a regular robo skull because I'm not crazy about the striping on the special edition one. Uh, just a regular robo skull. I'm going to get some of the add-ons. It's just blowing away every stretch goal that they hit. They they knocked out the first six stretch goals, I think, in 24 hours. Wow. And had to scramble to come up with, with more stretch goals, which they have added to, including a flight stand, uh, an armor piece that fits over the front of the Robo Skull, a glow-in-the-dark set, uh, a set of blasts, uh, a coffee table book about the creation of the Robo Skull Mark II, all kinds of figures, and I am absolutely kicking myself for not going all in because I backed it first day, but I didn't go all in because I just didn't feel like I needed two of these things. But now, all in encompasses so much more than it did that first day. And they've had to do, I think they're on their fourth all-in kit now. Let me, uh, let me just kick myself here and, and revisit the past. So if I had gone all-in on day one, it would have cost me $440. But that would have gotten me two Robo Skulls, one regular, one special edition, a four-inch Blood Wolf pilot, a four-inch weasel pilot, which is very clearly wild weasel. Yeah, that's another <laughs> one that's very, very close. Um, a wolf trooper figure and all of the stretch goals 
which at this point, honestly, I don't even know if I want to run down all of them because we only have so much show. <laughs> but they're just a ton. Well, that one ended at 100 backers. And then they they re-offered the all-in for 455, which was the first time I seriously considered like, oh, maybe I should just do the all-in and then I can flip one and maybe pay this whole thing off, which you, I, I say you will absolutely be able to do. Uh, and then that one ended with 150 backers and they put up the next all in because as, as these are filling up, they're adding more and more stretch goals. So all in encompasses more and more items each time they up it. That's why they're having to increase the price of the all in as the campaign goes along. So 480 is the price where I decided I need to go all in. I have to do this. I, I, I will flip one. I'm going to have all this extra stuff because right now the add-ons, I'm just going to have to add on and pay for. Well, I went to do it and it was filled up. Oh no. So the 480 filled up at 150 backers. And now the new all in. Oh, is there, oh my gosh, is there not an all in anymore? Oh no. There was a $520 all in. Oh wow, that might be gone. Dave is fry in the meme right now, waving his money. <laughs> Shut up and take my money. You're not kidding. I mean, seriously. Okay, I don't want to change my pledge. I don't want to, I'm terrified of accidentally losing my current pledge. Uh, so anyway, this thing has just been absolutely on freaking fire since the second it started. Oh, here it is. Okay. They do still have an all in available 106 left out of 150, $519. And I, I, I have to feel like it's worth that, but I I'm at this point, I'm just like, it's too much. I've got the Sky Striker. I've got all these freaking Eagle Force figures coming next year. <laughs> I, I've got who knows what else is going to pop up before the end of the year. How many Mezco just... 112s are you going to have on, on their way eventually? <laughs> oh, dude, right. Well, Firefly should be popping up any day now. Yeah. The Firefly 112 collected figure. Uh, and, well, and the which we'll be talking about in just a minute here, the second wave of Super 7 Ultimates. Yeah. It's just too freaking much. So I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm standing firm on my one robo skull. So now and that I, I've, I, oh, go ahead. Now that I've just gone insane on this for like 10 minutes, guys, <laughs> what do you think of this thing and how much did it tempt you? I am still completely, I'm still torn because I, when it was just this, I was 100% getting this. Then when they show the sky striker, I am leaning more towards the Robo Skull, especially with this newest photo that is on the His Tank forum. When they said it could hold, you know, the four-inch figures and the and the six-inch figures, it gave me an idea of scale, but that's still more or less left up to my imagination. The photo of in, it in the next detail. to the His Tank, I am just like, oh man. It is. It's it's bigger than I even imagined. It's it's massive. 
I mean, yeah, there's, it, a pic- it, there's a picture of it on the flag on this page, and it's like next to a um, tomahawk chopper. Where did it go? I just had it. Here it is. It's if you're on the Kickstarter page, it's about uh, a third of the way down the page. <laughs> yeah. It and the tomahawk just, is big. Big. Yeah. It dwarfs that tomahawk. Like yes. it's twice the height of it. Yeah, it, it does not fit into a detolf. You have to remove a shelf and turn it like sideways or something to get it in there. It's crazy, uh, which to me means nothing because I don't use detolfs because I, I don't like to smother my collection. Uh, <laughs> but, I only have one. But and it my took gosh, me six look, hours I, to put it together. So I think they're classy looking. And if I was going to put anything in it, I'd probably put my 112 figures in it. But even then, like with the shelf situation I've got right now, all of these would not fit into a detail. So eh, they're not for me. Yeah, I have a whole room full. <laughs> they, they look classy as heck. They, I think yeah. they're great if they work for your collection. But I'm too insane with this. I can't. It wouldn't <laughs> work for me. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I, this... I, I we'll know you. by next podcast which one I went with, but I, if, I you're betting, you. if you're betting people, listeners, I bet your money on the Robo Skull. I, look, 219 but well, I think it's with shipping, it was 238 238 bucks. You get the Robo Skull, you get the pilot, um, you get the interchangeable seats, and you will get the glow in the dark sticker set. I think the blast effects are part of it now. I'm trying to find the stretch goals on here or what they've unlocked. Oh, okay. Here we go. Here we go. Okay. You get. Now, these are all the. Okay. You get three assassin skeletrons because that was a, a stretch goal. And then you can order additional ones for 15 bucks, but it comes with three. Uh, you get the glow in the dark sticker set that also includes like plug in glow in the dark eyes. I'm trying to figure out how this thing is organized. They haven't, oh, okay. Uh, Breath of Death energy effect free with Robo Skull. Red Shadows gear update, which is a jetpack and like Wolverine claws. It's the weirdest combination of things, but it's pretty cool. I'm not going to run down everything. There's there's just so much here for the listeners. If you haven't looked at this thing, honestly, just go back it for one. Look at the special edition one. Look at the regular one, and just get one. You got to get this thing. It's it's incredible. It's- amazing and you're gonna be kicking yourself if you miss out on it you just <clears throat> are unless you just have no, I, I don't th- this is like the evil horde of gi joe i don't yes. care if you're cobra yes. i don't care if you're joe you see this crimson skull stomping down and it's towering over your strongest vehicles you're gonna pee your pants <laughs> it's i mean for me it's gonna be this 
and those werewolf guys from Eagle Force Returns, like, yeah, these things go together and they're going to be on a shelf and look just weird and awesome. And, and I, I tend, if it's, if it's little military guy stuff, I tend to be kind of like, oh, I want it to be GI Joe, but these, these people are all doing such cool, creative, different things that it's really, I, I just love it. I think it's great. No, what's your level of Robo Skull temptation? It's neat. I will never own it's it. It's neat. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's 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 really cool. Like if if I could get my hands on an original Robo Skull at a you know decent price, I I would. I have no interest in purchasing this. Um, but it's it's cool that it's out there. I'm glad that it's got the support it has. It just has no, I, I, I have no place for this in my collection. Well, and yeah, if you don't have any kind of modern G.I. Joe or modern military collection, this doesn't really go anywhere. Like it, it, it because this does not fit in with the vintage Joe aesthetic. Uh, and if you don't have a ton of just weird, bizarre toys, what, what is the, this? This is going to, if, if you have like a focused collection of any kind, this is going to stick out in your room like a sore thumb. It just is. But it's, Or if you have a weird hobby of terrifying your dog or cat, this is also <laughs> going to be very good for that. Or small children. All right. I got to get off this page before I go all in. So listeners, go check out the Robo Skull Kickstarter. I'm, I'm sure everybody's already looked at it and seen it and drooled over it. And uh, I just wanted to, to pay homage to something that has just really impressed me and blown me away because my knowledge of robo skull just a few months ago was oh that's a weird cool looking thing that i'll never have because it's like six hundred dollars because i i think i think that's about what the originals go for at this point isn't it mm-hmm. more than that if you get them in you know in package you're gonna you're gonna sell your car for it oh sure sure but but it was something that I was just oh that's that's a cool weird piece of GI Joe related history that I'll never own, and now this thing has happened and I'm just so stoked for it. Uh, all right, moving along in other GI Joe adjacent news, we have an update for Action Force from the Valiverse. I have an email here because I have backed uh, through. Crowdox. Uh, after the Kickstarter didn't work out, he went to Crowdox and, and did very well there. Uh, I backed a few Action Force figures and accessory sets. I'm, I'm excited to see this stuff. And it looks like I will soon-ish. Uh, hello, backers. There has not been an update for a little while, and that is because I was waiting for some very important information. I'm happy to now share that major update, which has been a long time coming, Action Force Series 1 has now left the factory and is on its way to Valiverse HQ. This is very exciting as we are in the final stretch of this long journey. Uh, and he addresses, obviously, the shipping problems that are going on right now. He has gotten some kind of expedited shipping. He is hoping that these will be here by the first two weeks of December. So... My guess is early next year is probably the best I can hope for to have these in my hands. Uh, that's if you've ordered direct from Vala. 
Uh, if you've ordered from one of the other retailers, probably a little bit longer, but maybe not too much. But they're on the way. They're they're boxed up. The production's done. They're out of the port and on their way to uh, the the Valaverse warehouse. Uh, where Bobby Vala and his people will box them up and send them to us. And I just really want to review these things. I, I can't wait to see them in person and, you know, see if we've got a, a great companion line for GI Joe classified or, or even possibly a competitor. We'll see. Have you guys been keeping up at all with, with the action force stuff? Are there any figures that have stuck out to you guys that you're like, ah, that'd be cool to, to have if, if it ever actually exists. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Happy for the people that are excited for them. Um, unfortunately, kind of early on the attitude of quite a bit of that fandom turned me completely off to them. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't disagree with that. Uh, it's, it's, there was uh, just been a lot of contention surrounding this brand, which I think is unfortunate because they appear to be very high quality, well done toys uh, that I want to be excited about. But yeah, you're right. The fandom has, uh, they've kind of Rick and Morty'd it a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but we'll we will see. You know, once it, but once the, once they're they're here, you know, once I see like your review again, that could totally change. Yeah, once they're everything. in hand, once people actually have these things and are able to see a real product, uh, it'll be easier to look past some of the toxicity that's that's sort of surrounded the the brand wherever it's come from. Uh, so I'm excited. I'm excited. I, I hope that these are great that they're a great success and that we're getting cool action force figures for years to come, because I think there's a lot of promise there. And I think we need competing brands or, or, or companion brands or, or think just things to compare. Uh, you know, I collect WWE figures and they're fine. They get the job done. But then Jazzwares came along with the AEW figures that I think are some of the best action figures on the market. Now, there's some QC issues, but uh, design-wise, they, to me, in my personal opinion, they blow away Mattel's product. And I didn't really realize that until the AEW figures happened, how bland some of what Mattel does is. Now, don't get me wrong. Mattel still makes fantastic wrestling figures. But when you put them side by side with some of the stuff that AEW has been doing or the Jazzwares has been doing with AEW, they, they just pale in comparison. So it's important to have those, those touchstones of comparison uh, with the toy lines that you love because it can really bring out a whole different perspective on, on what you're collecting. So I'm, I'm eager to see how Action Force relates to, to G.I. Joe Classified. And finally... Our last piece of news, and then we can finally move on to some segments. Ladies and gentlemen, the second wave of Super 7 Ultimates has been revealed and is up for pre-order as we speak. Baroness, Destro, Flint, and Lady J, packed with tons of accessories. I think you guys might have actually seen, because I was at... Uh, I don't know what I was doing. I feel like you guys saw these before I did. Maybe. Uh, 
how, how did these hit you? I mean, I went ahead and uh, pre-ordered Lady J like within minutes. Um, just because uh, I, my wife doesn't listen to this podcast. It'll be a gift for her whenever it's uh, it's released, since uh, you know she does that version of Lady J as a costume. So uh, yeah, so but yeah, I may wind up getting that flint to go with it too, because these are just beautiful, beautiful representations. The as as I've mentioned on this podcast before, this flint and Lady J in the Sunbow animation colors are the the look I prefer. So having these just beautiful figures of them is something that I've always wanted. Remember how with wave one, we all like oohed and odd over the, everything that came with the bat, right? Like the extra heads, the battle damage, all that stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> that is how I oohed and odd looking at this lady J and Baroness. Like, when we say these are spot on, that is, there's no hyperbole there. And, and the scope, I'll be more excited um, for, to see what they do with Baroness released in all black. Um, but I get why they did the blue, but I, that, that sculpt is, is perfection for fans of the cartoon. I love that they did the blue first because it, to me, it makes a statement about what Super 7 is doing with these. Mm -hmm. And it's something that, yes, Hasbro has done this color scheme, but they've never done this. Right. You know, Baroness, as we first saw her in the cartoon, and it just is absolute perfection. I love that she comes with the smirking head. Those translucent green glasses are incredible, but then also the alternate head that is more her sort of standard look. Uh, the gas mask, the the rifle, I, I just, all, again, all of the accessories. Uh, she's got the removable holster for the pistol. It just looks absolutely fantastic. But to get back to Lady J real quick, I love, did you guys notice this? All of the Joes come with the standard issue laser rifle. Yeah, I did see that. Oh. Yes. So every Joe comes with that rifle. Uh, and then she's also got, you know, a nod to the toy. She's got the spear gun and the camcorder thing, but also her animated spears with all of the crazy different spearheads, including the like torch one just and aesthetically just perfection yeah i love the fact she comes with the uh, all the accessories that her original figure came with so you've got the spear gun and then you've got the camera but then you've also got the cartoon javelin and the accessories with that too and i feel like what they're doing with these these loadouts is they're getting in the most important things that they have to have and then filling in the rest using their judgment because if you go up and look at Destro uh, he comes with the original action figure pistol he does not include the uh, backpack or briefcase backpack whatever you know his little square backpack but everything else that they've included is so good 
including the little Atari 2600 looking <laughs> controller, <laughs> uh, the binoculars, the giant rocket launcher, uh, the lava head, which is such a bizarre, wonderful thing to include. <laughs> I, I, the thought that they put into the accessories that they include with these is just so fantastic. Uh, the silver on this guy looks great. I'm a little surprised that the Baroness does not come with the gun, that gigantic, like wacky laser rifle she came with the original figure. I'm I'm okay with it because to me, not only was that gun no good for her, because it was just way too big. To me, that gun never even looked like a GI Joe accessory. No, no, it's all it's always looked odd to me, but just because they're packing in so many accessories with these figures but this is not the baroness that would come with that rifle that's true i bet when they do a black baroness it will come with that rifle i would rather have the gas mask head with this one it looks like the um well i guess that's not quite it the reaction figure comes with one that's similar it's like a big rifle but it's not that same crazy laser rifle uh, and then finally, we have our pal Dashiel, Dashiel, whatever, <laughs> uh, with the original action figure backpack and shotgun, uh, removable beret, ber- regular beret head. Uh, and then he's got, interestingly, and just it just occurred to me to look at this, all of the Joes are also coming with like the Comlink headset head. I just noticed that mm. Lady <laughs> J has it. Duke had it. Uh, so they can fly jets without flight helmets. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, but all the Joes, well, I guess Snake Eyes didn't have it, but that would be kind of pointless, wouldn't it? Oh, Lady uh, J and Flint, I mean, you know, they got to be able to hear each other during battle. I don't know. We live in a world now where Snake Eyes talks. Sorry, I'm still not over, still not over that. <laughs> uh, but but just the, these are fantastic. The when I was a kid, this is what I wanted. As much as I loved my Joes, and it didn't really bother me. Like it always bothered me that my He-Man figures didn't look like the cartoon in a lot of instances. Uh, but my Joes, it didn't bother me as much. But I did still want cartoon accurate ones. Like it was, it, it occurred to me, and this is it. And aesthetically, uh, I do not want these to have double jointed elbows, double jointed knees, butterfly shoulders. I want these to look good. I right. don't need them to have maximum Spider Man articulation. I need them to be aesthetically pleasing. Mm-hmm. I don't need, I don't ever need toe joints ever (laughs) in an action figure completely unnecessary all right any final thoughts about these super seven ultimates i i I think the second wave is perfect between the first wave and and this wave with the alternate heads and the accessories that they come with i am so eager to see what the toy photographers do with these as great as our original figures are and as great as the classifieds are 
it's kind of like how you pointed out with with the the lava head on Destro. Just what what people are going to be able to do with these is good. There's just so much more opportunity than what you know comes with a three and three quarter figure or a classified. So photographers don't let me down. Well, just think about a great battlefield scene with Flint, Duke, Lady J, and Snake Eyes running across a battlefield, all with the rifle, just the rifle. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously you can tell I'm Mm -hmm. thrilled that they all have it, but I mean, that's such a big thing. Yeah. I'm, I'm very excited for the potential of these and what people are going to be doing with them. Uh, This wave comes out fall of next year, which I understand seems like an outrageously long way away, but think about all the stuff you just pre-ordered after PulseCon and when it's coming out summer (laughs) of next year, these are made to order. Uh, you pre-order them now and you get them a little later than the stuff you just ordered from PulseCon. And uh, these are, trust me, you can check out the Needless Things YouTube channel for the reviews of Super 7 Ultimates. Far, far higher quality uh, toys once you get them in hand. Just the most satisfying toys in all the land. Except maybe for 112 Collective. <laughs> but these are more playable. All right, guys, I think that wraps up our intro. Are we ready to move into a segment? Yeah. Yo, Joe. And we are back to take a look at G.I. Joe Beyond the 80s. Sure, we all love those early waves, but what happened when Joe stopped being realistic military and went neon? So my pick for this month, uh, it actually is kind of a shout out to my younger brother who was still very much into G.I. Joe at this time. Um, And that is these supersonic fighters from 1992. Uh, for those listeners who were maybe too young back then, uh, you Home Alone came out in 1990. And it seemed like after that movie, little keychains with sound effects were everywhere. They were the fidget spinners of the <laughs> early 90s. Oh my gosh, you're right. And so, of course, G.I. Joe had to capitalize on this. And in 1991, we got Sonic Fighters, Joes that had backpacks, and you could push the button, and it would make one of these sounds. Well, in 1992, we got these supersonic fighters where they had sounds and lights. And that's what I want to talk about. So in this wave... We got everybody's favorite, and I say that with a lot of irony, Lieutenant Falcon. We have a new version of Major Blood, uh, who is grenaded from like head to toe. He looks like a centurion. (laughs) Right? Uh, Surprisingly, we get our third version of Psych Out, which... Who would have thought, but he works so well in this line. We get the infamous road pig with his <laughs> uh, green and 
orange look. Do, orange. do you think this is the road pig look Lenny is talking about for classified? Oh, yes, yes. Oh, probably, I think, yeah. I think he yeah. does mention that. Definitely, yeah. definitely getting supersonic fighters road pig and classified. Use a little bit too much uh, bronzer that day. <laughs> He's got that nice hot dog tan like Hulk Hogan. <laughs> so we get another version of rock and roll and we get a new version of Zap. Now, with these, um, at least with the supersonic fighters, Besides the addition of the lights, so the backpacks were, some of them are also work as not backpacks, right? So like rock and roll, his backpack sound thing can actually work as a stand because it came with like a separate piece, almost looks like a, you know, one of those like traffic cones that you can attach to it and then put his machine gun onto that so he has a stand um same thing i think it was with zap um his is also like a little mini one tread tank that can fight beside him major bloods is actually a jet pack um so my my brother my younger brother was the perfect demographic for this and and besides ninja force this was one of the first waves that i remember he was actively asking our parents to take him to the toy store so that he could get the whole wave um and gi joe continued this with with other sublines as well um they supported this subset of figures with what now might be my second favorite G.I. Joe toy commercial of all time. <laughs> the, you can find it on YouTube. Just type in G.I. Joe Supersonic Fighters. It is an assault on your senses. It is truly that. <laughs> it is 15 seconds of just pure overkill. Of glory. They... they <laughs> They not only have to hit all of the sound effects, um, and listeners, you have to understand these sound effects were so much a product of the 90s. They were a step up from the weird buzzer sound your Kinner Star Wars toys made. Um, you don't you don't remember the uh the part in A New Hope where Luke shoots the Death Star and his X-Wing goes. <laughs> <laughs> these i wish somebody would do i wish somebody would just cut together scenes from star wars with the toy noises <laughs> dubbed in that's it's probably exists already on youtube but these these sounded like the bad ringtones like the gag ringtones that come with cell phones now um <laughs> so it, it's it's all these sounds and they have like picture in picture of the different figures and they throw up what they think is the phonetic spelling of the sound effects. <laughs> and my favorite is like, you have this sound effect going, nah, nah, nah. <laughs> and on the screen, it says, Zock, Zock, Zock. I'm like, what? That sounds nothing like that. <laughs> um, and in they feature the toys in this commercial, but in one shot, 
they have a live actor dressed as Lieutenant Falcon with a backpack that was made. What? <laughs> like a like, giant prop helicopter backpack. Yeah. It Because I had to watch that commercial a few times to make sure that I was not hallucinating that it wasn't stop motion <laughs> and no they they made that costume for him um like i said the the road pig in this line uh went from being like a mad max you know warrior to seriously if he's not a manager in the ww it would have been WWF. I mean, he wouldn't be time. a manager. This, this guy looks like Sting, and uh, yeah, <laughs> he's got just a massive mountain of flesh. Had a child like of orange, this flesh. bright orange <laughs> yeah. hair, this weird orange tan skin, and then all of his accessories. Because right at this point. G.I. Joe was like, let's make the accessories as garish as we can. And his his guns, his football pads, they're all the exact same. Well, your your flamethrower has to match hair. your hair. Right. 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 So you're just not doing it right. <laughs> um, so with the sound effects on these, each figure, the buttons were in a different configuration. So each figure had their own quote-unquote unique sound effects. Maybe some of them shared, you know, a button here or there. Um, and something I, I learned uh, from a YouTube video was that if you actually took the backpack apart, every single one of the figures, the, the chip inside, it's all identical. So instead of giving the characters the options to be able to have all the sound effects, Hasbro just drilled random holes to limit it. I think each card actually, each chip actually had eight sound effects. Oh, I get it. what you're mm -hmm. saying. So each and button so would activate a different sound. So the pat the patterns are right. what we're looking at here. Correct. So so if you if you drilled these other holes into the backpacks and added a button, you could actually act. I don't recommend that for any of our <laughs> listeners. There is a really awesome video on YouTube. Please watch it and see, uh, you know, what he did. Um, but I just thought that was fascinating that, you know, I don't think it would have cost any more for Hasbro to go ahead and just say each backpack, you know, eight, electronic sounds and lights but from a marketing standpoint i think it was smart on their part because sure, sure now you can make it seem like each one has gotten this unique individual well, sound pack look if i if i was a kid playing with these i'd be disappointed if they all made the same eight sounds mm -hmm. I, I wouldn't have wanted that as a kid i would want each one to to have a unique combination of sounds yeah, same here. And as a parent, I would not have wanted all eight. <laughs> I wouldn't have wanted anything of those sounds. Any Don't sounds. buy the toys that make the noise, as I heard in a stand-up comedy bit one time. <laughs> but for as as loud 
as these figures can be. And I'm talking just from like how they look, not just the sound effects. Yeah. Um, you get some actually cool figures. Like to me, the the accessories, once you plug everything into um, Psych Out, it's, you know, he, he's got this cool little communication station. Well, like uh, you were saying, which makes more sense than you know. Oh, I have little satellites on my elbows and my knees. The, like you were saying, the ones that the the backpack or the electronic unit actually turns into sort of a separate little console type thing, I think are much more successful. I I, I actually, yeah. to me, Psych Out is the big winner out of this line. I, I think he looks the best. He has an updated design that still seems like psych out like it's completely different from the original psych out but just using that code name and what his specialty is like i love this weird half helmet like this is completely something out of a 90s syndicated sci-fi tv show mm-hmm. uh his chest shields are really bizarre but okay his his color scheme is not egregiously bad it's, it's pretty blue I mean, he's pretty blue, but he's standing standing (laughs) next to Road Pig, who is a literal nightmare of color. But when you look at the other Joes, like Zap and and Falcon are are not really garish. They're actually a little bit more traditional military than a lot of what was going on at the time. Let's face it, it doesn't matter which wave he's in. Falcon is always going to be the most boring G.I. Joe. (laughs) (laughs) I I do think it's interesting that like you have, you've got three that are just repaints of previous figures and then they actually tooled three entirely new molds for this oh okay uh, love... which ones which ones are the totally new is it major blood psych out and zap yep major yeah. blood psych out and zap are all are all new and then the other three are just repaints of previous versions um and i i love that major blood um with all the with all the I do grenades not. all over them oh really? really i do not like that major blood and i do not like that zap because the major blood with the, the grenades are just ridiculous. It's too many grenades, Major Sebastian. You cannot, <laughs> you can't do that. It looks so. But let me. It, it, the two, his two sonic grenades. disruptor gun with a muzzle. Because why do you need a muzzle for a sonic less disruptor? Than the sound of a sonic weapon. But even even like. I was in college, like my freshman year of college when these came out. And I still thought when I saw that, I was like, that is an awesome gun. Like ignore that. It's a muzzle. Just figure that it's actually more of like a, an amplifier. And well, and I love that weapon. The, okay. Most of the weapons with these go straight in the trash because they're gigantic. It's not even the colors that bother me. It's the fact that they look like they're for six inch figures. Yeah. Um, and, and the shame of it is this, this yellow rifle that comes with major blood was used a lot later on in the line, like in the, uh, late nineties, early two thousands line. I think mm-hmm. this gun popped up cause I, I have a handful of this unfortunate, rifle the sonic disruptor is giant it looks like like it's a two-handed weapon it almost looks like uh in guardians the giant cannon that they use at the end of the movie to shoot ronan it's kind of like that so i like it it looks like almost like a mars 
type thing. I'm down with that. I like his backpack. Uh, but those grenade, two grenades tastefully attached to a chest bandolier or web gear. <laughs> that's all you can do. You never, you never go full grenades. Did you, oh, I, mean, I guess. Are you dissing yeah, on my band Monkey Wrench? Because Monkey Wrench is wearing a whole bunch of them. That's different because Monkey Wrench is like just a nut job. Major <laughs> Blood is supposed to be smarter than to wear. But, how how many how many grenades does this you're, idiot you're have flying, strapped to him? He has a jetpack, so you are flying over hang, battle. Hang on, and we all need, he has to do is just drop, 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 one, drop, drop. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen grenades. 16 this man grenades. has on his person. Look, he comes prepared. Yeah. <laughs> he comes in little bitty pieces because his grenades blew him the heck up. Ridiculous. Uh, I don't like this blood sculpt at all, but I do like these colors because I like the idea that Major Blood does from time to time wear a uniform that kind of affiliates him with Cobra a little more directly. So I, I dig him in this color scheme. I just don't like the sculpt. And then Zap who's getting ready to blow his head off with these four <laughs> rockets strapped to his chest. He's a he's a bazooka soldier. Those it are going to go into his bazooka that he doesn't his chest? carry. That's not where you carry those, fella. And <laughs> That's I not also... where you carry those. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I like his giant leg protection. That actually makes a lot of sense. I don't like his little silver gloves, though. It's so <laughs> weird looking to me. Well, and in doing more investigating, because like my younger brother was, you know, elementary school age at this point. So honestly, accessories were lost fairly quickly. Um, so by the time I got to see these, Zap already did not have like his helmet. Um, and I was surprised to see online that that there has been a great debate in G.I. Joe collectors over all the years of how Zap is supposed to wear his helmet because it does the, not cut of right. it, the cut of it is so weird because it it shows on the artwork like the visor with the little um, lip and right. but the back of the helmet doesn't cover the whole back of his head it's cut higher than where the lip and the visor is so I guess over the years and in some promotional materials they put the helmet on backwards on zap leading to people being confused so once i i was like looking at it i was like man i don't like his like i can see the flaws on him more than i can any of the other figures because his stuff just looks clunky i like the design of the helmet it just should sit lower so the visor actually goes over his eyes. It looks like it's just not hollow enough. Yeah. Like, like if, if that same helmet just sat lower on his head, I think it'd be fine. And it, there's a part of me that, that wishes they could have done more like the, you know, 82, 83 figures where give me an actual separate clear visor yeah. piece. But by this time. On. But they, right. They had yeah. stopped with all of that. Got uh, it. I like I like Zap's colors aside from his little silver gloves. I like Zap's color scheme here. I love his head sculpt. Uh, I actually like his because he's got two different rocket launchers. 
that are like sci-fi kind of wild looking appropriate for the time so his being gigantic kind of works for me uh especially considering they plug on to his little mini tank apparatus i i think i the, really the silver gloves and the shells strapped to his chest are the only th- problems i have with this guy overall what about the, what about the kiss boots I, i'm okay and, and you know it's funny in my <laughs> notes hang on wait 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 zap got called into duty on his way to a kiss concert <laughs> i mean it's not quite as bad as the his tank drivers which are look like you they're inspired by directly by gene simmons i i honestly would say these are worse i'm well not worse i mean better but worse Yeah, to me they look like they don't because look like they're thigh high boots they look like they're padding to protect they look like armor and if you notice legs. they're actually they're hydraulic pistons on the bottom mm-hmm for support while he's shooting his gigantic rocket launchers, which is very, very silly, but also makes sense. And to toss one more thing at you. uh, So look at him, look at that face sculpt and tell me that Zap is not secretly Clark Gable. Frozen. (laughs) I was going to say Charles Bronson. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) See Charles Bronson. Yep. But yeah, either one. You could go either way with that. Here, here's a little piece of trivia I found out is that he came with uh, his weapons came cast either in gray or silver. Can you imagine being a little kid with gray zap weapons and finding out there were silver ones that you didn't get? I would have been furious. Yeah. I would want the silver weapons. Shiny right. was always better when it came to action figure accessories. So what have we, we, we have, okay, real quick, Falcon, as as you mentioned, Falcon, kind of the most drab one. I like his color scheme. I like the digital camo. The only thing I don't like his gray boots. If those boots were black or even brown. Yeah. Just to, just to have a little contrast. I mean, the gray boots, I would not mind that if his, if the rest of his fatigues were not that same exact gray just with the black uh, digital camo on it. I just feel like they're yelling at me in a very drab and boring way. Yeah. Like they're, they jump out of all the camo and the, everything about this figure, those boots are the first thing I see. Yeah. I, a black paint application would have enhanced that quite a bit. So that, yeah, it's, that's, that's an odd choice to leave them gray. I don't know if they just was a cost cutting measure after putting all those other paint applications. Right. On right. Mm-hmm. Because he's, I mean, he's got some nice deco hits, uh, not on his sleeves, but that's okay. Uh, and then he's got a helicopter pack, which uh, give me, give me a toy helicopter backpack any day <laughs> of the week. I'll take it. I don't think that's um, a very viable helicopter, though. Those do it's, not look like working helicopter blades. Yeah, that's not really how helicopters work, but <laughs> it's okay. it almost, it almost to me looks like maybe they started out to make something aquatic because it looks more like a propeller. It does, and it then does. maybe at the last second they were like, "Uh, no." They well, they realized if you put it on the figure the other way, it would cut its legs off, and they were like, "Well, this <laughs> this doesn't work. I guess it's a helicopter," and just flipped it over. <laughs> um okay okay so major blood we didn't really talk about rock and roll much i i don't want to talk about rock. Uh, really he's got the best accessories but the figure is just awful 
Well, I okay. So I'm a big fan of version two of rock and roll. Yeah, I like this sculpt a lot. And I'll say, okay, first of all, are these is this red or orange? I can't tell from this picture. It's bright, bright orange. Yeah, which is horrible. It's like a hunter's orange. I kind of thought of it as like a yeah reddish orange okay if you look at it's not color crown red if you look at the uh the gear pictures it is clearly orange if that orange was literally any other color in the rainbow this figure would be fine because the brown and the green work yeah if that was if that orange was black or gray or a darker green or tan anything other than this horrible orange like i wish way back then that i had known about version 2 rock and roll because i would have put that in place of this like snuck him in to my brother's toy box and just chucked version three. So real, real quick sidebar. Let me tell you my little version two rock and roll story. So I've mentioned before on the show, my very first eBay purchases were the 12 inch GI Joe hall of fame figures, the, the target ones. Mm-hmm. And I got the rock and roll and I had, I did not understand why he looked like he looked. I'd never seen version two rock and roll. And years later, I did, and I was like, whoa, that's <laughs> what that's meant to be. I didn't even, I, I had no idea because I was just baffled as, as to why they would do that. And then fa- came to f- find out later on that that's what a lot of the Hall of Fame ones were. I, I had no idea. I thought they just made those designs up for those 12 inch figures. I didn't know that. And and, and to this day, it boggles my mind as to why they didn't base them off the original Joe designs. Seems like such an odd thing, but in the nineties, when those came out, nostalgia wasn't what it is now. Right. Yeah. Cause the, the, the blue um, paintball mask, Snake eyes, snake eyes would have been like the, the most, most recent, recent snake yeah. eyes. And, well, they and, were trying to gather, they were trying to get people who probably played with those figures, uh, yeah. you know, a year or well, two. Well, right. Before. It was considered what was current. Yeah. Nobody even thought, like, oh, people that played with the 80s ones are going to want these. Because if you think about it, it wasn't until like the 2000s where we started getting like the Masters of the Universe mm-hmm. uh, when they re released the original masters figures. Mm-hmm. Um, then we would get the WWE classic superstars from Jack's. That was the first time anybody had ever made figures of old wrestlers. Well, that's well, and that's a it hadn't thing too, occurred is that to anybody kid, kids played with toys and they grew up and they stopped playing with toys. Right. And that was, that was the way that the world worked for all those years. It wasn't until those eighties kids really, had that because when you think about like even Transformers Generation Two came out, and when I was a kid, I was really excited, and then I saw what the Transformers Generation Two figures looked like, and I was like, "Why do they give them these terrible colors? Why? Why are these different molds? I don't, yeah. you know." So, so it didn't like they could have hooked me back in then, but they 
didn't because because it was still about refreshing the franchise at that right. point and not they were only about... using those they were only using those molds to save cost they yeah. weren't using them to try to draw old fans back in yeah because it, but that I'll wasn't tell even you a thought that that generation two is what got my younger brother into transformers sure you know like i was a transformers kid and he had some but he did not get into i need these until those god awful colors <laughs> like there was just something in the water in the 90s that told kids you want your stuff to look as horrible as possible <laughs> So speaking of, just to, to wrap this up, speaking of horrible as possible, uh, this road pig completely fails the test because he does not come with a cinder block on a stick, which is the bare minimum requirement yeah. for a good road pig figure. So also, this his, guy's got to go. His file card says something about drinking orange soda and powdered or, and chocolate donuts and that's not what the the, the dreadnoughts do they they, they drink grape, grape soda, soda. Grape. so yeah i was a little i was like larry hama clearly did not write that file card yeah here it is gross you could say that road pig doesn't drink orange soda and eat nutritious and yummy chocolate covered donuts like the other dreadnoughts but you know why because the other dreadnoughts don't drink orange soda loser <laughs> grape soda you got too much orange on your brain making this orange figure I, with I, orange hair and orange accessories. But I, so he I looks, feel he looks like, like he came out of a bag of Cheetos. <laughs> he's the Disco Skeletor of the G.I. Joe line. Yeah. Because he remember, once the 25th anniversary, 50th, all that went to the, you know, the subscription service, he got a G.I. Joe Collector's Cup Club figure done of him. And I'm not for sure if any of the other you know, supersonic fighters got that in their supersonic fighter look. Shameful. Well, guys, it is time to move on to our next segment. All right, it is time for America's Elite where we take a look at one character from the G.I. Joe universe, the Joe-verse. Is that a word? I'm not going to use that ever again. Universe. <laughs> I'm ashamed. The Joe-niverse. Uh, and look at as many different iterations of that character as we can and decide which one is America's Elite. And it was my turn to choose this month. And I went with, in honor of the recent announcement of the G.I. Joe Classified Series Tiger Force Outback, I went with Outback, our survivalist. Uh, if we go to yojo.com, which I probably should have done before this, <laughs> click on the year. He's later than I thought. I didn't think that he was an 87 Joe. I thought he was an 86 Joe. Yeah, 87. Uh, not in the cartoon. So we get this original Outback, 1987, original version of him. Very distinctive looking, even, even out of you know the wild year that was 1986, uh, where we get a lot of different colors, a lot of different variety. 87 obviously brought us like all of the movie characters and lots of different things. 
Outback still manages to stand out and seem special. He's got that wild red hair and the beard, the white t-shirt. The web gear was always one of my favorite accessories. I loved the fact that his backpack really looked more like a real backpack than anybody else in the line. Well, except for like Ripcord or Crazy Legs or, you know, but, but his with the web gear backpack combo looked great. And then that little flashlight <laughs> that I currently have a reproduction of on my Outback figure uh, and a cool little uh, submachine gun. Little H&K submachine gun that's uh, it's, it's almost impossible to find one that doesn't have a broken strap. Mine does not have a broken strap. You are a very lucky man. I got very lucky. Uh, but but I do have a reproduction flashlight, so that's lame. Uh, but I, f- phenomenal figure stood out at the time. Uh, definitely one of my favorites. Uh, for sure, top 20 Joes. Maybe top 10. Maybe. I don't know. Where, where were you guys when this original Outback hit? Uh, honestly, like when uh... – when he, when he first came out, you know, and I, I, 87 was kind of my last year with GI Joe as a kid. Yeah. I mean, um, he, he was one that I could take or leave. It wasn't one, like I wound up getting, I don't even know how I got out of an Outback, but I wound up obtaining an Outback with no accessories as a kid. That's really the only way I had them. Um, but it was a little later when I was catching up on reading the comics that I fell in love with the character. And so at that point in time, I just really fell in love with with the figure as well. Yeah, he was one that I did not have. Um, a couple of my friends did because I, I I remember being able to play with him. Um, but even looking when at the older versions, or uh, I mean, you know, the versions that came after him, is not a figure that even like my younger brother had so um but much like with Noel thanks to the comics love him because he wasn't featured in the in the cartoon at all um he wasn't in the movie and then I don't even think he shows up in any of the Deke cartoons later on I think he's just a completely comic exclusive character as far as media goes yeah I still haven't made my way through the Deke cartoons despite many attempts so i'm not sure if he shows up in there or not uh but yeah from the comics he he was very distinctive and then that was something larry hama was very talented at was you know these dozens of characters that he used really making each of them feel important and different and special uh so yeah the original outback for me was a big standout and then the very next year and by this time i was out so I, I don't even honestly really have memories of Night Force. Uh, well, but... It was an exclusive series. Um, yes, Toys R Us exclusive. Yeah, Toys R Us. So it wasn't a mainline release. I don't think I ever saw them in stores or anything. I, I have no recollection of these, uh, but he was packed with crazy legs. And I think they did a really nice repaint on this guy. Like it, it's a repaint that completely makes sense. He's all olive drab with the black. Uh, gloves and boots and everything uh, saying they didn't go and change his hair or anything like that they wouldn't do that until later on I love the fact that they put the red lens on the flashlight yep, yep. That, that's such a wonderful little detail uh, th- this guy's great I would love to, to have one but he's 
currently I think a couple hundred bucks. So yeah. that's going to be a no for me. Pretty much any Night Force figure is going to be a, 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 going to cost you a few bucks. Uh, but I, I think he looks fantastic. This is a this is a, a perfect repaint, in my opinion. And then in 1990, we turn right around. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, this is the Tiger Force one. Okay. Uh, 1990, we get Tiger Force out back. Well, we don't get him, but the United Kingdom and Europe gets him. Uh, And very, very different, obviously, with the white hair and beard and, and... this is something that would have been very weird to me as a kid, but I like the idea, you know, to me, he's not a completely different character. He's out back in the future, 30 <laughs> years from now or whatever. How, how does this one strike you guys? I fell in love with Tiger Force out back when I started seeing, like when I learned about him online, it was, it was many, many, many years later yeah yeah as much as i like the red hair there's just something the seeing as how he's a survivalist there's just something about the old the the white hair that just makes me think of him as like this old grizzled guy that has outlasted everybody else on the joe team like he has seen some crap yeah in his lifetime and go ahead and make fun of his tiger shirt and he'll (laughs) gut you like a fish at your, at your peril i do exactly. have to question the tactics of, of a survivalist specialist who first of all started wearing a plain white shirt and then later <laughs> moved on to a bright orange shirt um you're probably not going to survive quite as long in the in the jungles with those garish colors can you imagine the disgusting pit stains on that white shirt <laughs> well i imagine it probably doesn't stay white very long it's you right know, right yeah i know the survival stood for something like but yes but really that uh that's not something that that ever appealed to me i thought that's a little too on the nose like (laughs) if clutch had like driver across his shirt size up the situation undo haste makes waste remember where you are vanquish fear and panic improve your situation value living act like the natives learn basic skills I I don't know. I I liked the white shirt because it was different from anything any other Joe had. And one of the things that was keeping me hooked into the line at that point was the variety. So yeah. the white shirt with the olive drab pants was was a cool look. And then this Tiger Force, I would have gone nuts for this as a kid. It would have been weird to me. But uh, it's the orange shirt. It's not a, like a neon orange. It's just orange. Uh, it's tiger orange yes it's tiger (laughs) orange just like big shows seven different tiger tattoos and i mentioned this on our special episode when they revealed the the new tiger force outback i much prefer this like cartoon tiger face (laughs) than the one that they did on the new figure that was that was my biggest disappointment with the reveal then we move on to unfortunately it's fun to stay at the in 1993, <laughs> things took a turn with Battlecore. Uh, this is one of the worst action <laughs> figures I've ever seen in my life. 
really? Because I feel like they just used him as inspiration for the entire Fisher-Price Rescue, Rescue Heroes line. Just super deformed. There is so much wrong with this figure. Like, Agreed. It's just the, I think, of all the bizarre things, because you got garish colors and you have uh, the accessories that are just blindingly bright, but that weird marbled coloring on his, its he's like wearing acid-washed neon jeans. I don't understand what's going on with that coloring scheme. Well, It's, it's horrendous. But... <laughs> at least according to what is said online so he was originally supposed to be part of the eco warrior oh team. so he got dropped into a vat of toxic waste and that's right. why he looks like so this. that's why it's... i'm wondering like what did they so since they didn't go that route did they just go ahead and still paint him that way instead I... you know I just had a thought. Do you remember Hypercolor? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like that. <laughs> Maybe that's what they were going for. Well, and if you look at the card art, it's not that at all. He's wearing like khaki pants. Yeah, well, there well, is the next figure was... that does have that in khaki pants. Well, and we'll, we've, we've got to wrap this guy up and we'll move on to the slightly better 1994 figure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But we've got the the weapons that sculpt wise are pretty good, but they're all in this bright. Again, I can't tell if this is orange or red. Uh, and you've got to cut them off of the, the tree or the sprue or whatever you want to call it, which is not a big deal. That's that doesn't really bother me, but just so many brightly colored weapons and a gigantic missile launcher. This is just. This is terrible. Let's move on to 1994, where we get the same figure, but less offensive. At least from the waist down, definitely less offensive. And from the neck up, but the, the still got those bright orange details on his chest. Well, and the weird helmet with the ear, which I guess... The helmet's not so bad if he's a high-tech construction worker, but it does not say survivalist to me. No. Is he even still a survivalist at this point? Yes. Yes, he is. a survival specialist. And his motto is, I always teach three things. Be tough, be dedicated, and kick Cobra butt. Boy, that's that's definitely <laughs> some Larry Hama uh, poetry right there, huh? Maybe not. No. Uh yeah, this this one, I mean, it's better than the last one, but it's still pretty rotten. Yeah, well, like, the, the I'd say that the legs would be good for, like, maybe some custom fodder, because they're pretty basic. We got, he's got the, he's got the, the, the blue socks. Yeah, he's got some kind of weird lumberjack look going on with his socks. I, I don't, there's not any part of this figure that, that I want to own or, or like. It's just less offensive than the last one. Let's see. We seem to have lost Christian. Hopefully he'll be back soon. Uh-oh. But we will, uh, tonight. we will we will soldier on, as it were, 
because we get to possibly an even more bizarre outback if i'm being honest we we get to uh man mountain rock outback or is that lance archer outback is this wait which one are you looking at v5 uh let's see did i skip one uh i'm looking at v5 2008 yeah v5 2008 see he looks like a red-haired uh kevin nash to me okay especially when nash wore that just the word nash across his chest (laughs) right this this is bizarre and i don't have okay wait let me look and see where this one came from this was oh this was direct to consumer which i was i was collecting those but by 2008 uh i think they were straight from the collector's club because a lot of the direct to consumer stuff i got through my local comic book shop but I think by this point, it was specifically G.I. Joe Collectors Club. Mm-hmm. I'm going to uh, pull up my Facebook here so I can see if we get any missives from our Yeah, we just got a, we just operative. Got a message. He's rebooting. He's okay. rebooting. rebooting. Well, we'll uh, rebooting. Uh, we'll cover <laughs> this guy while we're waiting. Now, the paint on this guy is great. I like uh, yeah the the deco on this is just top notch. Yeah, the camo in his pants looks great. He's got the belt buckle painted on the the web belt uh, in the belt loops. Survival, the, the black super tight tank top with his massive beefy arms. Yeah, um, the the arms are probably a little much. Uh, the, I like the head sculpt. I like the 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 long hair, the kind of Stallone Rambo. Uh, yes hairstyle yeah. he's got going on with i the think that's fan. i think that's what they were going for I, I agree but uh but yeah i mean other than kind of the this was when they were they were still it wasn't as bad as some of those giant monkey armed figures from the early 2000s um but they still weren't getting the proportions quite right yeah on these they, figures at this point but I, you know, I was collecting these at the time, not, not the, like I said, not the collector's club ones, but I, I was collecting Joe at the time. And, uh, well, this would have been, this would have been, been post 20, 25th anniversary. Yeah. 25th. So era. he's technically a leftover from, I guess what Valor versus Venom. Yeah. Would, would, it would technically be his body style because he's got those disc shoulder joints. Okay. So he was, so his whole, his whole body, except for his head was a, was the major barrage figure from 2005, which was an online exclusive. Ah, So yeah, he's uh who, who looks like diamond Dallas page. Uh, uh, yeah, he does. He totally <laughs> does. That's really crazy. So we got DDP turns into Kevin Nash. Um, yeah. So yeah, that that that's got those big old hulking arms there. Uh, so that I mean, this one's, I, I guess it's just proportionally bizarre, and the whole pro wrestler look is a little weird. But if you put the the proportions aside, it's a cool design for Outback. Yeah, and his his accessories are good. He's got the backpack with the web gear and the. Uh, and the the rifle and the the knife 
so yeah i mean i said i i i wish that the sculpt was better but the deco is so far my favorite oh interesting okay even over the night force yeah, because I said I like the the more realistic camo. Uh, yeah, the Night Force yeah. doesn't even have camo. Yeah, he's and, just uh, all drab. It's almost like he's in his uh, just his basic. Yeah, it's solid. And, and right. the head sculpt is great. I said I really like that head sculpt. Well, moving on to the following year, we get quite a different look uh, from that one. That is much more of a callback to the original Outback. Uh, this one I do not have. I thought I did, uh, but it came with a an internet exclusive set of vehicles. It came with the flat flak cannon and the Cobra Claw and an Air Viper Commando. And I didn't order. I think there were two or three sets of these vehicles that were internet exclusive, and I didn't order them. So I didn't get this Outback. Uh, this is obviously the 25th anniversary style update uh, of the original Outback. I like the look. I think it fits in with 25th anniversary. Uh, they've, uh, you know, this is what Outback looks like. He's got the, the horrible, goofy hands, though, that plague yeah. so many of the 25th anniversary figures. Uh, Christian is back with us. Christian, we are looking at the 2009 Outback version six. Yes. The one that came in the, he came with the, how the flak. I believe. Oh, the flak. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, but he does have his submachine gun, his flashlight. And then rather than the backpack and the web gear, he's got a uh, tactical vest that ended up coming with quite a few different figures, I believe. Which was, which is green in this. And it's not that uh, the, uh, coyote color which i i'm not sure i like that i think i prefer it to be the coyote web gear and not the green yeah i i agree with you on that but i do like the fact that it's got deco hits on it yeah the, the oh, carabiner yeah. and and some of the metal tabs and stuff are oh, actually yeah. Sculpt, good little paint sculpt is great i just said it's just color wise i would i would prefer the other uh but yeah this is i mean overall this is a good looking outback it's a good update for where the line was at that time all right let's see moving on to 2009 and we get an update and this is the one that i do have oddly enough an update of night force outback that was included in the assault on cobra island box set uh this fantastic box set by the way i mean they're obviously with with the 25th anniversary stuff, aesthetically, there are a lot of things that you can kind of go after on these figures. But if you just take in that collection unto itself, uh, I, I like it. I like them, and I like this version of Outback. That when I got this box set, didn't I didn't even realize it was Night Force, you know, Outback intended that way. I thought it was just they didn't want to give him a white shirt. So this is what he looked like. Cause I'm not sure I even knew that other one existed. It, it was the 25th anniversary stuff, particularly in 2009 was coming out so fast and furious that it was yeah. hard to keep up with everything. Mm. Cause mm -hmm. Christian, you were actively collecting. It I was actively. And like, I never, um, 
I never actually saw the saw on Cobra Island box set. I, I mean, I just remember I think it, it was a Big Bad Toy Store exclusive. If uh, I'm remembering right, I think there was Assault on Cobra Island was the Joe set, and Defense of Cobra Island was the Cobra set. I believe. Awesome. Well, we can we can find that out right now. But yeah, this was. I remember at this point, me and a couple of my other Orlando friends that were into GI Joe. I mean, we were making runs to target at least two times a week. Oh, for um, sure. For sure. Because stuff was getting restocked that quickly. Yeah. I just remember going, going to target and there would just be a, a wall of GI Joe figures. Like it was an embarrassment of GI Joe that baffles me to this day that in those years when GI Joe wasn't even nearly at the popularity that it is now that you could see so much in the store. Well, 2009, I mean, that was a movie year. Yeah, it's true. It is true. I mean, that was, that was the biggest modern year of GI Joe. It's insane. If you go look, uh, yeah, defense of Cobra Island was the companion box set. And they, I'm almost positive they were from big bad toy store. And as a matter of fact, might have been my first purchases from big bad toy store. I'm not positive about that. And I wonder if I could look it up, but I'm not going to do it right now. But anyway, uh, again, a great outback. I, I think the night force uh, update was a good choice for this. And take a look at this, Mr. Noel. Look at that vest. Yeah. I was just saying he's got the vest that I think should have been on the previous figure. And he's got his, uh, he's got a backpack as well. Uh, this, is, this is a great, I, I really, really like this one. And I'm glad uh, th that I've got it versus the just regular update i think this is cool 2014 we see another weird departure what is this uh <laughs> this Christian. is kit bash outback <laughs> <laughs> uh oh this is a oh okay okay, okay. this, this, is, was, yeah, this is snow job redecoed as it, well in the context of the set he's included with, I actually appreciate him. He is a zombie fighter outback. So while okay. I don't I don't care for the sculpted on web gear because there's just no way to make that abdominal joint. Well, okay. There's no way to make that abdominal joint look good. That's the right. that's what that's one sentence that is complete in and of itself. There's no way to sculpt a web gear around that abdominal joint and make it look good. So that's not great. Uh, his his permanently attached headgear, I don't love, but the night vision, the the red lenses are kind of cool. Uh, the fact that he's got some kind of headphones on top of like it looks like a beanie. Uh, is cool and like he's he's dirtied up a little bit he's got the arm wraps like he he looks like sort of post-apocalyptic outback in a way he's got a really cool vest with a scarf attached uh this backpack with all this wild gear stored on it uh two different colored a, knee pads well that was a common thing at the time i'm still not a fan of that or, or is it supposed to be I think one it's knee pad? To be he's and one only wearing missing? one knee pad. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it feels a bit with some of these, like they knew the knee joints 
didn't quite fit in. Oh, you're right, though. This is so no, his right is, knee is just a knee, but his left yeah. knee actually has a sculpted knee pad. Yep. Sculpted and painted knee pad on there. Yeah, so. And that joint looks terrible on the other side because there's uh, yeah. the black knee joint. Um, but it, this is this is an interesting concept, and for a convention exclusive, I think it's cool. I like all of his gear attaching to that backpack. He's got a couple of rifles, an axe, a gas can. Like this makes sense for what they were trying to accomplish. Uh, I, I I actually like this. I don't need it in my collection, but I like it. As long as you leave his hoodie vest on him. Like knowing now that he's a zombie hunter, like aesthetically, yes, I I like it. Uh, but it, everything I don't like about the 50th anniversary snow job is all the things. I mean, they were just redone right here, and so I, I have a hard time with it. All right. Two more to go. First up, 2016. Uh, almost a variation of Night Force. This was part of the 50th anniversary line. Uh, he was in a Special Forces three-pack with Falcon and Shooter. And I did not buy this three-pack because I just wasn't buying everything at the time. They, I, If I'm remembering correctly, I felt like a lot of this 50th anniversary stuff was a little overpriced mm -hmm. uh, which by today's standards i'm sure it was not 22.99 for this three pack yeah That's which is a deal five years ago <laughs> a deal by today's standards yeah but at the time just seemed oh. a little pricey especially for a falcon that i did not like a character that I wasn't familiar with that. I believe she's from the IDW comics. I'm not positive about that. Uh, yes. And then so that's an a, it's a kind of a retcon of the very first issue of GI Joe comic. There was a character you don't see the face of, and it says shooter and it was an homage to Jim shooter, but later they uh, retconned the character of shooter as one of the original GI Joe team members. who was the other woman on the team, Jim shooter, who does not get enough credit for his part in, Larry Hama's involvement in G.I. Joe. That's right. Uh, and then this Outback, which, I mean, he looks cool. I yeah. like this head sculpt a lot. The all black makes sense for what they're doing. Uh, and he's got these weird pistol grip things that they tried to, they, they tried to make these a thing. It's kind of got a nightclub bouncer vibe going on. Uh, but good, good sculpt on this guy. Like proportionally, I think this is an advance over the 25th anniversary style. Most, mm -hmm. most of the 50th stuff was 50th in pursuit of Cobra, which at the time I did not realize because I had, no, already, I didn't either. And, and this was the first outback that I ever saw on, on the toy shelf of the updated lines. Like I knew there had, you know, there was the one that came with the black, but I never saw that. Well, the other ones were all Set internet on only. All of the modern Outbacks what? up up were until they? this guy ah. were internet only because the 2000, uh, 
The 2008 was direct to consumer. Well, he's not really modern line. Uh, the 2009 came with the flak. Right. The Night Force the one in 2009 came in the the Assault on Cobra Island, which was the Big Bad Toy Store exclusive, I, I think. But it was online exclusive. Uh, okay. And then this other one was a convention exclusive. So this was the first modern Outback to make it to retail, and it was a Toys R Us exclusive. Right. And because my thing with most of these was, you know, I wanted the Outback. I thought he looked so cool, but I didn't want those other two figures. And at the time, I couldn't justify paying 20-something dollars for one <laughs> figure that I wanted. Little did I know. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. L- little did we know that a few years later, I would be paying, I think, 40 I might have paid 50 just to get that 50th gung-ho wow i mean i got i got that he was packaged with another figure like a cobra figure so it was a two-pack yeah but like i didn't buy it when it was in stores because i was like well i've already got gung-ho and then you come home and you look at that 25th anniversary gung-ho and you're like yeesh i need a new gung-ho the proportions on this figure are a hundred times better than any of the other modern yeah yes figures for outback so yeah i will give it a lot of props for that and and while i'm still not a fan of the abdominal joint on a a 118th scale figure being anywhere other than the waist uh this one looks better well it's black on black so it's not yeah it's not gonna stand out quite as bad as the white right yeah uh and then finally uh the last outback that we're going to talk about today uh, the Tiger Force Outback released in 2016. It was part of the Collectors Club subscription service. Uh, and he is made from all the same parts as the... Oh, he's actually... Oh, that's interesting. So he's the torso and waist of Snake Eyes version 28. The right arm and lower left arm of Law & Order version 6... The upper left arm of Flint, the upper legs of Cobra Trooper, the lower legs of Outback, and a new head. What a a Frankenstein's monster of Outback. Yeah. So all of these parts put together, uh, definitely not as nicely proportioned as that 50th anniversary one we were just talking about. Mm -hmm. Uh, Kind of a throwback here. But mostly works... Color-wise, I mean, he's essentially the same as that Tiger Force Outback. Uh, the head sculpt looks great. They did a good job on that. Uh, it's cool, but looking at it, uh, it's not something that I look at and I think, oh, I really want to have that. Mm-hmm. Like, out of all the Tiger Force out, let, let's not include the new Classified series coming out. Because uh, this one, I would be willing to bet this one costs close to as much as the actual Tiger Force Outback. Because these Collector's Club figures are ridiculously expensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I, I, don't, I don't look at this and feel like, darn it, I wish this was in my collection. It's not bad, but it's not incredible. But at least he has the cartoon tiger face he does, he does have your preferred yes three, three-year-old child tiger shirt <laughs> <laughs> and he's so, got tiger stripes on the back of it i just noticed oh that well that's a nice touch yeah 
So I'm going to do a real quick Google here to see if any other, because I'm wondering if there's a Sigma six or if there's anything like that out there. I don't remember a Sigma for. I don't. Yeah, I don't think there was. I don't. I don't either. I don't. I know. I know there's not a sideshow. I think that's pretty much everything. Uh, So out of these, and I'm not seeing anything now. Just a quick scroll through Google is not showing me anything we haven't already looked at. Yeah. No, I see nothing but customs when it comes to Sigma Six. So that makes me think. So. Nope. 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 Out of these ten outback figures, eleven uh, if you count the. Uh, the oh, you're right, eleven. Tiger eleven, Force. yeah. Yeah, it's weird to me, and I get it because it's international. It's just weird that, that that's in a separate little square. Uh, so, out of these eleven figures, uh, Christian, which outback is your favorite? The fiftieth, the 2016 oh. version ten, the all black. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. He's close. Yeah. I Again, I like the look. Like, the only other Outback figure I like is the G1. And I like the look of it, but I just feel like for what G.I. Joe needs to do, him being in a black shirt versus a white shirt makes more sense. Noel, what about you? Um... I mean, I'm going to go with the, the original, the, the version one from 87, because that's my iconic Outback. But I'm going to give props to the V10, the 2016, um, the 50th one, for having a really great sculpt. And I'm going to give props to the 2008 V5 for having a, a really great deco um, that I wish had a much better sculpt. And... That I also that I like that uh, that deco. I liked it when they used it in the comics. I liked it. I've seen the like, costumes of it. I really like wish that that was a better sculpted figure. If it were, then it might be my number one. Really? Yeah, I love that. Uh, I love the the head sculpt on that figure, and I love the the just the the black tank top with the camo pants. No, you never cease to amaze me <laughs> all that figure needs is a beret to be noel's number one figure yeah, of all time. Right? No, no, he, no he's got he's got a headband he doesn't need a beret <laughs> uh well i am while i i would love to step outside my normal box and choose the version seven the night force uh 25th anniversary style because i genuinely do love that one and especially the the drab with the uh tan vest and everything i think he looks great but i I just got to go with the original i i loved that figure when it came out he immediately became a main character in my play and i i just i love him he's he's a standout joe to me always will be 100 percent agreed Welcome to Missing in Action. We're going to take a look at a figure, or sorry, a character that uh, didn't get a figure in the classic line, despite being used in the media. Uh, For this month, we're going to talk about uh, G.I. Joe the movie. And I know in the past I discussed Pythona, who 
still baffles me to this day that they didn't put a figure of her out when that movie came out. Uh, but she wasn't the only one. On the other side of the fence, you had uh, the G.I. Joe Rawhides who were introduced. You had characters like Falcon and Chuckles and Tunnel Rat. And then there was this basketball player fella who spoke in like sports jargon and uh, was a little a little annoying. Uh, but his name was Big Lob. And when you're watching this movie and looking at your toy catalog and trying to figure out, well, who is this character? Why, why is there not a toy of him? Um, but there was a character that came out that same year who also had a sports Jago oh, on him <laughs> and didn't get used in the media that I had. So when I played G.I. Joe in 1987, the fridge became my big lob because what what else is going to use the fridge for he yeah. wasn't doing anything else in <laughs> yeah. media yeah so when i was reenacting rawhide scenes i had to sub in my my fridge figure uh no figure of big lob came out at all until 2010 when there was a collector's club figure put out um and uh let me just say yeesh yeah yeah, yeah. Not, not a great figure there was later on um, a and uh, another collector's club figure that came out, which is a little bit better um, in the twenty fifth line. Um, so uh, you know we we've actually got that one since we did have to join the the collectors club to go to JoeCon a couple times. Um, oh, okay. So you you've got that interesting. I do. Yeah, I do have the second one um, because he wore fourteen. You uh, might have seen a couple of uh, of customs throughout the years that were made from Bazooka's torso, uh, even though Bazooka has that that dicky around his neck or whatever that doesn't really look as great. Um, one thing I, I did not know: uh, the character of Raw uh, of of Rod of Big Lob, his real name is apparently Bradley J. Sanders. He was born in Chicago, Illinois, and he was voiced by Brad Sanders in the movie. <laughs> so they that whole like you know this doesn't resemble anybody living or dead well it does in this case because <laughs> they just took his name right out of the of the actor who played him so uh yeah um not sure why we didn't get a big lob figure at the, at the time i know that like there's there's always a story about like when rc didn't get made in the transformers for the transformers movies because they thought that they couldn't sell female figures and when unicron didn't get made it's because of obvious like cost-cutting reasons but there's no real reason why that, that there wasn't even like a prototype i don't think for this figure put out at this time the uh i gotta say the 2017 and the 25th anniversary style look were really looking at those knee pads 50th anniversary style mm-hmm. uh it looks pretty good looks pretty good it's a good figure uh the 2010 is use you you can't just paint mercer's head and call it big lob (laughs) not work hasbro uh we the this is the kind of thing that i'd like to see out of the new o-ring collection yeah uh absolutely i give us give us a pack with with the rawhides I would love if they would really take a look at segments of the line and, you know, give us, give us tunnel rat. Like, okay. Let me ask you guys this. 
So let's say they do a Rawhides, uh, Tunnel Rat, Big Lob. Uh, Chuckles, Jinx, and, and uh, Falcon. And Law and Order, yeah. Um, God, that would be a big pack. Uh, so is it worth doing OG versions of those characters and Sunbow versions or do we just do OG versions and then do Big Lob as though he were part of the line and maybe, you know, don't worry about making him look exactly like the movie, but make him in the aesthetic of the figures of the time. I want Sunbow style figures because one thing with these characters is that they all had like very different body types. Right. Chuckles was like this enormous hulking muscle guy. Yeah. Um, and you know, Tunnel Rat was tiny, and the Tunnel Rat figure is the same height as the Falcon figure. So, but that's what I'm asking: is do they completely? Because here's the thing about redoing O-ring: that aesthetic, part of that aesthetic, is that all of the characters are pretty much the same size. Right, right. So, so yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing it a... from that, or do we leave those things to Super Seven? With the ultimates, I was going to say I'd like to see well, or even Super Seven reaction figures. Yeah, of these well, would be good even, too. The well, you know, that's an interesting point because in the other reaction lines, they have done characters that are very different shapes and sizes. So yeah. if they were to tackle something like this, conceivably they could make Big Lob taller and skinnier. Right. I think if Hasbro were to do him as part of the new O rings. I want them to maintain the original O-ring aesthetic of everybody's pretty much the same shape and size, but anybody else that might tackle him do, you know, do it a little differently. Yeah. I think for O-rings you do that and you just throw in a, a brand new sculpted big lob. Yeah. Um, But, but keep him true to the original ideals of the line. Right. Christian, what do you think about all that? Yeah, I was I was thinking I, I would want them to look like the original, like to fit in with the original line, because if you didn't, since he didn't come out back then, if you want to display him on your shelf, don't you want to display him with all your other movie right. figures from that time period? And And maybe that's part of why he didn't get released is they had an issue determining like he's clearly got to be a taller character Mm -hmm. because that's his whole gimmick. And they just couldn't, you know what? Cause really you've got Destro and Sergeant Slaughter out of the 82 to 87 figures, I think are really the only ones that are significantly larger in any way Mm -hmm. than the other figure just off the top of my head. I think they're the only ones that that really have a mass difference in that way. But anyway, Big Lob, uh, definitely a needed addition to the vintage collection in some shape or form. Uh, good call. Excellent call. Yeah, I mean, I, I missed having him when I was a kid.
This is it. This is where we wrap the show up. But before we go, each of us gets a little bit of time to ramble about oh anything G.I. Joe related. I'm going to kick it off this month uh, because mine is pretty short and sweet. I mentioned earlier in the show that today I received my Master of Disguise Zartan uh, from PulseCon. And I just want to say that I'm a Hasbro Pulse Premium member because I like that free shipping and I want to make sure I get in on stuff as soon as possible. And in following things online, some non-premium members were receiving their Zartans before premium members were. And to that, I say, ah, unacceptable. <laughs> it's enough that we tolerate the fact that Hasbro Pulse gets everything dead last after every other retailer on the planet. But for premium members who, by the way, paid a premium to receive their items after non-premium members, which, by the way, I ordered this thing at like four o'clock and 22 seconds. Non-premium members couldn't even order it till after five. So I had an hour head start on these people and they're still getting their stuff days ahead of me. Completely unacceptable. Do better. Has rope pulse. <laughs> Christian, what's your ramble? It doesn't have to be angry. I'm just <laughs> no, mine isn't angry this time. Uh, it actually ties back to sort of uh, what you were talking way earlier about Emily's post on his tank forums. And I just want to remind everybody out there, Hasbro is saying with everything that's going on in the world right now with shipping delays, be patient. Yes, we can all see these, you know, posts on message boards and on social media where someone's like, hey, look at what cool figure I found. You know, I got my back now because I know my jaw hit the floor when I yeah. saw that. Yeah. Um, but Hasbro is saying like, you know, there's no need to, to jump and pay scalper prices. It's going to take a while, but it's going to trickle out. It's, it's going to hit the shelves eventually. I feel like they finally have heard us and they're mass producing these in the numbers that are going to meet the collector demand. I have seen people seeing Baronesses on shelves at Targets. Uh, so there's, I think that some of those items that we thought were coming out, you know, a couple months ago when they were going to ship more Cobra Island stuff, I think it may be starting to trickle out now. Oh, interesting. That's, I, I haven't seen anything but the movie figures. And Flint, Lady J, and Cobra Commander. Which, granted, don't get me wrong, it's great to actually see G.I. Joe pegs with G.I. Joes on them and not Ghostbusters. I saw a bunch of breakers when they first came out. Yeah, I, I saw I plenty of breakers. I saw any of those. Um, I saw, I, and, and you notice I, I say plenty. I, I went, I saw four or more in three or four different target stores and compared to what we've seen over the past two years i consider that plenty yeah i saw like uh, 12 now, on one end cap and then, I, then they put them on sale for half price uh, and then i went into the store and they were all gone so they're and that's uh, they're all gone now but yeah. the the fact that i had the opportunity to to buy them anytime i wanted for a few days it was amazing and the same thing with major blood i went 
you know, a few target trips where I, every target I went to had a few major bloods. Uh, now I don't know if that was scalper returns or if that was actual, uh, fulfillment, but whatever the case, this stuff is showing up. So everybody, yeah, yeah be patient. No ramble away. So mine isn't going to be anything angry or anything, but, uh, mine's uh, actually kind of a, a, what if, um, I was uh, going through and cleaning out some old transformer stuff. Cause with my transformers, I have, uh, I have not enough and yet still too many at the same time. So it's like all those lines where I bought a handful of figures. Like I don't, I, I don't need a bunch of partial collections of the same characters I bought in other lines. So I'm just thinking about purging a bunch of them, but I was going through and I, some little weird things that I bought and this is going to have a visual aid, which doesn't help much on a uh, audio podcast, but this is from 2011. It's from the transformers, dark of the moon human Alliance series. This is sandstorm. I mentioned sandstorm. Oh earlier. yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is another use of the reach that name. Uh, but these came with these tiny little action figures. These are human Alliance figures, right? And this little figure right here, I'm going to hold it up to the camera so you guys can see it. And everybody at home can, can look up private dead cliff. Is his name Dead Cliff? D E D C L I F F. And I said, "That's a little. That's a little Duke figure." Yeah. And I was like, "Why aren't these just GI Joes?" Hasbro owns these properties. Why didn't they just say with Sergeant Hauser right. and just put them with this figure? And now you're selling two brands all at once. Um, and, and, it, if they, and it really, if they had done that, I would have bought every single toy that they did that with. And mm-hmm. and so what I've done is on my shelf, uh, I got the little Jada Toys uh, vamp figure. I haven't which, seen that yet. Uh, I you can find them at tar- I've seen them at Target a couple times. They're just not necessarily where you're where you're looking for toys. Probably oh, they're going to be with be the diecast stuff. Yeah, I don't yeah. even go to the car section. Which this is a great little great little toy, great little diecast toy. It's and of course, bigger of course, than what I thought the Jada ones were. Right, it's not quite the scale with the little Duke figure it comes with, but it works really well with this little private Deadcliff figure. So yeah. this is this is who sits on my shelf with them. So that's uh, awesome. I, I was looking at like you know, there's a couple of little crossovers they've done, like the Snowcat that they did. Yeah, they I did had the, that um, for a while. I probably still have that. The Decepticon Viper, which was the Power Glide Redeco that looked like yeah. the Rattler. Um, they've done those but they're always kind of like unofficial or kind of sneaky and then they've done they've done like the crossovers as like exclusive like con exclusives and, st- and stuff but i it's still i i wish that they had put those two lines together more often you know you get you, know, you get twice the mileage out of your two big properties there yeah if they absolutely. did an actual wave of gi joe versus transformers you know like the the one san diego i mean the, most of the San Diego Comic Con exclusives sort of fit that line, but if they did a mass retail Transformer GI Joe versus Transformers, uh, man. Well, and it could be exactly bank, 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 bank. I, I, I think people would probably balk at smaller scale Joes, but I think what Noel was just showing us was the way to go with it: is keep the Transformers scaled pretty much like Transformers yeah. and just the little human figures. Just make them Joes. Yeah, that's what I'm because yeah, that's what I mean. If if you just and this figure right here is actually pretty amazing. He's got a lot of articulation for oh one this size. Yeah, he's I, got. I mean, he's got like I eight didn't or nine points that. of articulation. Yeah. Um. So, and this is a ten year old figure, so they can do more with them now. Um. Yeah. I just 
you know, to- toss a couple of these out them. Call, call it, call it roadblock. Call it, you know, Duke. Call it, uh, you know, gung ho. Whoever. You, you know what else? Once you kickstart it with that, you know what else you do is you do mask. Exactly, exactly. And if and if yes. Hasbro was serious about doing this like shared universe stuff, that was that was a great starting point for it. That's the way to do it. Wow. Things Noah that has just with- solved. I, I cracked the, the code. future of the toy industry. <laughs> well, no, no, because I've been I've been clamoring for this for years, like for things like this, and I just I don't know why they don't do more with it. Well, and but that's the way and the scale to do it. It's it's almost an action fleet scale, like it's a little larger than that, but that that would be it, it could be a whole new universe that they could just pull all of their properties into. Like they tried to do with this giant box set I've got that has visionaries and micronauts and GI Joe and transformers and whatever else. Yep. Don't, don't try to make, don't try to make them work with one eighteenth scale Joe's make a new small scale, mm-hmm. like almost like the, you know, star Wars. not, you know, you want the figures to have a little articulation. Probably you don't want quite the star Wars micro collection or whatever, but you know, something along those lines. It's smaller, and that way retailers want it too because it doesn't take up a whole lot of shelf space. But I bet Hasbro is sour on smaller scales now because a few years ago they tried to launch a smaller scale with the Marvel Cinematic stuff, and it just flopped. Mm. If you remember Guardians of the Galaxy, they did vehicles and two-inch figures. Yeah. And they Mm. did not do well. So they're probably, but I think there's more nostalgia attached to Transformers, GI Joe, and and more, more directions to go as well. Yeah. Although you realize now that you've said Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, Hasbro will be announcing that Chris Pratt will now be voicing every GI Joe character (laughs) moving forward. Garfield, Mario, and every GI Joe character going forward. Chris Pratt is our new Scarlet. (laughs) Oh well. Uh, but yeah, like th- imagine like a, a hound figure with this character, or a, a, yeah. yeah, a hound mm-hmm. with that. And uh, it's like I would, I would be shut up and take my money again with that. Yeah, absolutely. All right, you guys, uh, that is all we've got for this month. As if that weren't enough. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, I got thirty more minutes in me. Uh, yeah, seriously. Well, I mean, yeah, we could go all night, literally, but we got to save something for this de- uh, for December. Uh, our music is by Andy Samford of electric electric Once again, you can follow us on Instagram at audible interlude podcast and on Twitter at G I Joe audible as always. Yo, Joe. Cobra. You have been listening to a Needless Things podcast. You can follow Needless Things on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and at needlessthingspodcast.com. Love you. Mean it. Uh Uh-huh.